Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo Way 
June 5th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and I'm joined once again by Brian Altano. Welcome I don't even back. I haven't been on the show in months. And whose fault is that? It's once mine. Again. It's okay. mine. I was I was trying to own it. Cheating on us with with another pro- No, that's not true. Did you eat my, veal brains? Did you eat veal brains? <laughs> I did. You did not. I did, did you? sweetbreads. No, okay, that's different. That's a uh, hypothalamus. Well, before he yeah. tells wow. us more, uh, really? also yeah. that's a nastier again, part of the brain. Joining us once again, Per Schneider. For thinking too. Hey. And this week we were talking. I want to hear Brian's Splatoon experience a little bit, just because I sure. I remember when we went up to Redmond to play it at Nintendo of America. I think you walked out of the room with a different take than the one you have now. So I'm curious to see, or or has it changed? I want to hear more sure, about yeah, that. How does that relate to sweetbreads? I don't know. We'll get there. And uh, then we're going to talk about Nintendo's next platform and how it might run on Android. Psych! No, it doesn't, says yeah. Nintendo the don't day buy after. It. But, yeah. uh, well, we're going to have a discussion about that because maybe there's some merit to it after all. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. And let's talk about where have you been? I was, uh, I was in, where was I? I was in Paris, Barcelona... Nice, Versailles, and Ventimiglia, nice. which is Italy. Nice. That's so jet-set. <laughs> I like. Wow, you're fancy, man. <laughs> yeah, fancy. I was I, I was kind of around all over the place. It was great, though. Cause, well, the cool thing is when you get to Europe, you can you can do that very easily. Yeah. For, when someone in America goes, I'm going to Mexico, it's like, oh, my God. It's either like, are you all going on vacation or is everything okay? Uh-huh. But in Europe, you can get on a train and go to <laughs> Everything okay. Everything I used to drive to Paris for breakfast from Germany. Yeah, yeah. like right, and that's that's yeah. great, right? Like we went to Italy for lunch one day. Yeah, like you just can, and you can take a train there, and you get off the train, and you're like, when, when are they gonna? When do they strip search me? And yeah, like oh, we don't. We oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just we, yeah, it's we all trust open. you. And I'm like, I don't know what that's like. Uh-huh. So wait, I live in a country that's very different than in that. In the past year, you've been to Japan and now these list of places. Which kind of stood out to you most? Um, well, I mean, so the weird thing is that Japan is obviously for, for me as a video game guy, it's it's so much more you know amazing culturally. Even though today the Japanese video game industry is in a way different place. It is in a different place, but it's still kind of everywhere. Like mm-hmm. you kind of see it everywhere. And I didn't really get that in Paris. Like they're they're you didn't see it's uh, you know I, I've lived in major cities I've in San Francisco yeah. I used to live in New York uh, I remember like living in New York and seeing huge billboards for video games all the time like Times Square has GTA ads in it mm-hmm. sometimes uh, but I, I was walking around Paris and I was kind of like does no one here play video games and then I turned this corner and there's this one street of all like retro video game shops and uh, I saw Amiibos in there like I saw uh, people were tweeting at me like you're in Europe go buy some Amiibos and I saw a Lucina for 75 euros which wow. is like 80 Two dollars or something. Oh, Did you buy man. anything? No, of course not. No. Did you buy any of the lies? I don't. No. So you the at one all. thing, <laughs> the one thing I bought, which I tweeted a picture of. If you look at my timeline, Agent Bizzle, I tweeted this picture when I was in Barcelona. There's these things called Kaganers, ca- mm-hmm. Kaganes, or something like that. Yeah. And they're. Do you guys know about this stuff? So they're they're uh, from Catalan, and they're these uh, things that they give out at Christmas as gifts that are these pop cultural characters made as little sculptures, hmm. and they're all pooping. <laughs> uh- <laughs> So you were first in line, of course. So I'm walking by the store, and I see this little handmade, like, pottery (laughs) Super Mario. And he's got this look on his face, like... Something just something weird happening yeah. behind him. Like he just saw a ghost. He, he's, and, he's going for a one up. And he's yeah, and he's <laughs> squatting like he's gonna do this jump. And I'm like, interesting. And there's all these characters next to him and they all have their kind of the squat look. And I'm like, that's weird. I guess in, in in Spain they have this thing where, you know, they like these characters who are sitting or squatting. Mm-hmm. So I go into the store and I look at the backs of all these figures and all of them are taking dumps. 
Wow. All of them. So there's this Mario, and he's just got this big, huge, coily turd behind him. I can't nice. believe this is a thing. Did so it I, have eyes, at least? The, the turd needs the turd, eyes. No, the it's turd. a Mario turd. <laughs> it's a Goomba. That's yeah. how they, that's how so, of works. course, I had to buy it, and I was tweeting, like, man, Spain, oh. you, have, you have the weirdest amiibos. Because <laughs> it even had a little base and everything. Okay. Wow. But, cool. no, it was cool. It was, it was uh, like, I was in Versailles, and there was, uh, there was this magazine they were giving out that had uh, this big Splatoon thing on the back of it, and everything was in French, and it's like... Splatoon? Yeah, and it's 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 really cool to see all that stuff. Like yeah. their video game magazines, there are awesome because there's still a ton of them, yeah. and they're they're packaged with like they're all wrapped in. I don't know if you remember this pair, but all of their magazines and children's books and stuff like that that are sold in magazine stands are wrapped in this huge plastic with like a big toy like in it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it's yeah. like yeah. when I when I went to Japan and I brought you back that little Smash Brothers mm-hmm. book yeah. that was just like they just threw it in with a magazine. And they it, love packaging in Japan. Like, yeah, they, and it's, they go out of their minds. That's so the reason for buying physical magazines, yeah. right? The attraction is you get something different that you either build out a cardboard or yeah, yeah. so and then and, and lastly it was really cool to go to the louvre and see mm-hmm. more 3ds's than i've ever seen in my entire life that's right because did of you the tour. try it did you try the, yeah the i did it's, okay. it's, it's cool it's like you know it's it's definitely something for somebody who wants to spend an entire day there because mm-hmm. there's just so much but like they sell a cart there that i didn't you didn't buy it. i didn't buy because i don't have a uk uh, or a european no, it's, it's not region locked mm-hmm. you should have talked to me what I got uh, so a good friend of the show Matt Leon went to uh, Paris I forgot why um, and I asked him you have like you're going to the Louvre he's like yes I was like please bring me back one of those because I knew it's not region locked right you can, pop, you can put it in I haven't opened it though uh-huh. I just have it at home because it's a, it's just where else can you buy this thing yeah that's you know? yeah, it's only cool. there it's, it's really cool to see a 3D they have like in the in their gift shop there's a 3DS demo kiosk that has the Mona Lisa 3DS game on it but I didn't know it was region free because none of their things are region free that's the crazy part that's the one I have been told oh, it is region free I have never popped it into my 3DS but I want to oh, believe man. these people. so this is like your virtual tour guide for for those who don't so know, Nintendo right? partnered with the Louvre, which is one of the most amazing art, probably yes. the most amazing art museum in the world. It's if got you, the Mona Lisa in it. It's, if, it's got. If it, you play Assassin's Creed, you can climb on top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there were, there were. I mean, this is the type of museum you could spend an entire day in. Mm-hmm. It's just right. huge. So you can go around with this headset and with your 3DS, and as you're walking up to paintings, it kind of knows where you're going and uh, gives you descriptions of them and history so and cool. artists and all that stuff like that. And it's, it's all audio. It's really sharp. It's really well yeah, done. Yeah, and like I'm sure our listeners have been to art museums where they give you like a headset or they give mm-hmm. those like little things like yeah. that but this is Nintendo branded and it's mm-hmm. really cool that Nintendo like Nintendo does a lot of weird things and sometimes <laughs> they do weird things that are dumb and sometimes they do weird things yeah. that are really cool and this is one of the really cool ones yeah. it's when it's really visual too and that it tells you hey if you explore the base of the statue like yeah. on the left and they show you on the screen like where to, to sort of pay attention and they'll say you know this thing like they'll point things out to you through this interactive sort of tour and this started um somewhat in Japan uh, mm-hmm. with the DS, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, actually, the DS, uh, I can remember a couple reading a couple of stories where the DS was used in museums. You could even use the DS at uh, the Mariner's Ballpark at one point to That's order right. food on the menu. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so these are just fun little things that they tried, experiments. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very cool. Well, so, so cool. 2DSs or just full-on new 3DSs? 3DSs. Like, I'm just curious. Well, no, not the new 3DS. They didn't have the extra they didn't little have, nub or anything. So I figured, part of me thought 2DS existed just so it would be a cheap solution for, like, museums to uh. just buy and have these people right. walk around with it. 
Yeah, that could work. Just a thought. But see, you know. can't put those in your pocket, and you kind of don't want to have yeah, to but always they hold it. They do have straps oh. for you to just hang them from your neck. Mm-hmm. Are you, so you serious? Can wear them like, like an old lady. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sorry, wearing I stuff didn't... like an old lady. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's yeah, good to be back. It was, it was, it was. Uh, like I love being away, but it's also you kind of you do feel like you miss a lot, sort of culturally. And one of the things was like the Splatoon thing was happening, and I mean, obviously, I'm on my honeymoon. I'm not thinking about it too much. You were totally thinking of it. I can tell. I, well, I was like, <laughs> I bet there's a bunch of, me- of amiibos waiting for me at my uh-huh. desk when I get home. Um, but I I came back and I actually I tried to play The Witcher and I was mm-hmm. like I don't think I have the capacity for this game right now it's just a little too much for me mm-hmm. then I sat down to play Splatoon and I'm like this is exactly what I need right, right? now. right so yeah. let's transition to that very then. fun Talk but first I want to know how were, how were the sweetbreads though uh, well, were they crispy? Really re- is this really is, No, it's yeah. one of the few dishes where the same word describes possibly two different things and multiple animals like it can be. Multiple baby animals like veal, baby goat, whatever, and it can be a part of the brain or the stomach. So it's, it's a little weird. Yeah, uh, texturally, it's very strange. Oh and yeah, I, sweet bread. So you basically, I had I went to this restaurant called Spring, which is like a five course thing with wine pairings. Excellent, nice. excellent meal. If you're ever in Paris, look up Spring. Um, and they the sounds main, very French. Yes, mm-hmm. for the main course they brought <laughs> Spring. Sprung. It's they called American out, Spring. Uh, <laughs> they brought out a veal and on the side and they're like, mm-hmm. and we also paired it with some delicious sweetbreads. So it was veal then. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I remember Pear telling me about these. Huh. Uh, and I'm not really like, I love when... breads of all kinds. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, this right? This is the sweet one. Yeah, yeah. Like, And I thought that was like, oh, maybe it's got like, it's bread with cinnamon or something. Yeah. And I'm kind of poking it and I'm like, that's a weird <laughs> part of this animal that I'm not sure nope. what it is. Um, no. So it, it's the it's the brain. It's, it's usually a, brain, but it can also be veal stomach. Or, okay. I mean, it can be baby goat too, or sheep. Right, or whatever. right. Yeah. yeah, a little weird. Yeah, but they can make it in different ways where it's it's amazing, or it's like, ha, huh, that's like something a doctor should have in his tray. Oh, All right, I'm sorry. Okay. And we're done. So <laughs> oh, let's move over to. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I want to. I want to point out it's 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 very early in the morning on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, about I'm a little. Lack of focus. Kind of I could go for some awful yeah. right now. We're, yeah. we're at ten minutes. Let's do this. Uh, so Splatoon. So, so you've Splatoon. been playing. So I thought last podcast would be the last time we would talk about Splatoon for a while, but what it happened? dawned on me that. Well, you and I talked the other day, like once you got back from from uh, your trip. Yeah, we and you were saying you've been, you've been playing multiplayer, which to me was like, because <laughs> one thing. Oh, that's know right. About He's a multiplayer Brian, hater. He is the anti-multiplayer. I'm, I'm online multiplayer. Brian hater. Solo. I love local multiplayer. All right. Yeah, yeah. So this to me just set off a huge alarm. Like you're kidding. Like you're playing multiplayer. So let's talk about this. So what? Well, his parents don't want him talking to people. So yeah, that's this right. is the yeah. Yeah. I moved across the country yeah. from my parents, but I still get phone calls about right. don't use voice chat. Don't that's talk right. To yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But seriously, so we played this game in Redmond, and I remember when we left, you were happy with it, but I didn't. I wasn't sure if you were 100% sold on it. Yeah. So I mean, we actually noticed a couple things when we were in Redmond that we could talk about that were. We, I mean, when you go to a demo like that, you're playing it standing up. You're surrounded by a bunch of people. It's like, I mean, I'm not going to complain about my job, but it is a little, it's kind of disingenuous to the way you play a game at home versus mm-hmm. what you do at a preview event. Like, you go to a preview event, there's banners for the games everywhere. You play standing up. We played with motion control on, which is a little... Well, they wouldn't let us turn it off. Right. Sorry, just right. help No, me. I'm glad you said that because yeah. I was going to. And, yeah. and you hurry, too. You don't get the sense of, like, kind of, like... 
trying it out and yeah. adjusting the settings. Like you got to go because there's somebody in line. And there's yeah, a PR yeah. guy yeah. standing next to you, kind of being like, "Oh, you can you can do that. You yeah, can yeah. do this." Like that sense. No, of don't you? Oh, backseat right. driving. <laughs> yeah, the, and and that's okay. But I mean, the the sense of discovery that I get playing a game by myself is kind of lost yeah. in an event like that, right? And I think it's the same way. I'm always a, weird, a little weird about E3 because it's like we get to see a, a demo for the first time played in front of ten thousand people mm-hmm. in a big theater, and I'm gonna play that game by myself in a small room, you yeah, know, with the lights down or whatever. So Splatoon was uh, something I walked away from going like, it's interesting. I don't know if it's really grabbing me yet. I actually thought the uh, maneuvering was kind of slow. Like, actually, platforming is a little clunky, a little slow. Like, it, the character does not move like Mario or anything like that. Or even Link in in a way of I, I'm used to playing a lot of kind of 3D Nintendo games. Um, and then I dug some time into it at home. And immediately, aside from the style, which is fantastic, I really appreciate, like, the artistically where they're going with the game. Um, I was surprised at how inviting it was and how it made me – it gave me that sort of one more game feeling. And how things were sectioned off by uh, level, which made me kept wanting to go play a little more. And I, f- I found myself playing Splatoon for about 30 to 45 minutes at a time. And then I kind of step away. And a couple hours go by and I start thinking about it. And again, I'm like, oh, man, I want to jump back in there. Yeah. And I, I think there's a there's a great energy to the that gun goes off and the game starts <laughs> and everyone just, just makes a, a huge mess. And it's, it's very different than every other Nintendo game is about sort of like painstakingly collecting things or removing, killing all the enemies, removing things from the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like everything is so clean and organized in Nintendo games and in Japan in general. And this was now all of a sudden aesthetically a game that was about being a disaster. And I love that. And and that's what really sold me on the game is like this level transformation right off the bat, right? In shooting games, like you all start in the same, at the same spawn point and you all run away and like some people stick together. It's like, it's cool to get that kind of adrenaline rush of having soldiers attack. In this game though, it's like, it's almost like this, you know, this virus taking over the level. Like you see this instant impact of everybody creating a mess and Mm -hmm. it just, I, I think it creates a sense of a wave taken over this yeah, level. Yeah. I really, really like that. I mean, it's a clever game. I was traveling. I was in New York the entire week, so I didn't get to play the new, the new level at all. Oh, I right? did. Yeah. I did. Um, Port Mackerel is pretty cool. I will say before I talk about Port Mackerel that um, it is interesting that Nintendo took territory control, which is a hardcore uh PvP concept in mm-hmm. a lot of multiplayer games and turned it into competitive coloring because mm-hmm. yeah. that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. You are competitively like cover coloring the map and trying to do it uh, faster than another team. I just I never thought I would ever say that. Which out loud. is interesting, right? Because it, it takes away that sort of like Call of Duty approach of like murder everybody and yep. it makes it sort of about like like. Killing people to me in Splatoon is almost kind of secondary to covering the level, which means that everyone's sort of, they have this job they're doing. And then you see someone pop up and you're like, I gotta murder that guy because he's, you know, and he's like, why don't murder me? I'm just painting over here. I'm just Uh painting. Um, I will say though that, uh, have you guys been playing ranked before we talk about Port Micro? Have you been playing ranked? No, no, no. I I got to 10 before I left on my trip. Ranked flips the tea tables. Like it just, like that's it. This completely upends it in that. There's one zone to color, and in order to dominate and continue to paint it in your color, you have to take them out. Yeah. Like, there's no way around that, I think. So like, does that mean, like, it, it kind of, like, rollers become super weak in that kind of setup mm-hmm. because it's more confined? or No, is it it's, more... it's definitely more chaotic because 
everyone is focused on one location and right. and it depends on the map right some maps have that you have to control two spots in order yeah. to run down the timer at once some have that you have to control just one big space um i wouldn't say rollers are less effective but you have to be careful when you use it yeah um and i will say that in the middle of the chaos you kind of got to keep your eye on the prize a little bit more for example what i love to do and this sometimes this really works and sometimes it doesn't is the, you know the shootout is happening both sides are going at it and I'm just like, la, 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 painting through yep, like, yep, and around yep. and just like trying not to look anyone in the eye so that they won't shoot yeah. me. And sometimes I will make it through a section and quickly paint the ground while they're all shooting at each other. And other times I'll just get, I'll mm-hmm. get got like so I'm noticing quickly. there's a lot of way, way more depth to the combat than I thought there would be. Like there's, there, there's almost this kind of like portal level of things that happen sometimes mm-hmm. where you can be shooting somebody and you shoot the wall behind them or a ramp behind them, and then you slip underneath them, slip mm-hmm. up the ramp, spin around, and shoot him in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, I, you don't really get that in a lot of other games. Like it, that, you know, I'm, it's actually it's a little slower than I thought it would be, but once you get into that kind of dip and dive of the squid mode, mm-hmm. you, you kind of get the rhythm of it a lot better. Yeah, and you can create these choke points with yeah. color too, right? Like you back somebody into the corner, and then you toss a bomb over yeah. there. I mean, it's just, there. there's a lot to that game. It seemed very simple at first, but now you're seeing kind of when expert players are arriving on the scene too, yeah. and are, are mopping the floor with others. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool to see kind of like the different strategies Oh yeah, no, every, every like seven or eight or ten games, uh, there'll be a guy in there that's just a god. Yeah. <laughs> like how, Squid is that Jesus. You? Squid is that Jesus, you? that's me. Are you Squeezes? Squid, squid, squid Jesus. Squeezes? Yeah. No. <laughs> are you that good, really? Uh, I shouldn't okay. be surprised. No, I'm, I'm okay. We have a video on IGN folks could watch where I, I kind of did a good job, but it depends <laughs> on the weapon too. Like mm-hmm. I... And I've talked about this before. It really you have to build your strategy around the the paintbrush you're yeah. using, right? So like if you're using the Spider Shot Junior, that's that short range UZ. Like mm-hmm. making sure you're painting everything in sight is is really good, and moving a lot is really yeah. good. But when you have something that's long range, you have to play the range game and like pick your targets carefully, but also lay down paint. I really wish this game had a spectator mode. Like I really, really, really find myself wishing I could watch matches yeah. the way I watch Smash Brothers, especially matches when waiting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or even just yeah, if I'm waiting to join it would be fun to watch or just if I want to watch and just like uh, in Smash Brothers you can sort of put a wager on who's going to win like that that is fun to watch because you get to watch certain strategies develop for different characters Mm -hmm. and I feel like the weapons of Splatoon are very unique like the characters in Smash Brothers where there are certain combinations certain ways to play certain things you should be trying to immediately do so is there any news on whether some of the perks or other like upgrades whether they're they unbalance the game yet like the kind of just pumping up speed to the max right. or you know or preserving pain I was worried, I was like, worried about that I'm curious how balanced it is there's, I a, there's a lot of variables yeah you know if you, uh, if any of our listeners have, have noticed whether you know a certain combination works really well, um, email us at nvc at ign.com. Yeah, I, I would say though that the three slot gear, the four slot gear, like the stuff that's really higher yep. level, doesn't give you the biggest advantage in the world. Like, okay, maybe you will like store up on paint or be able to use your paint a bit longer. But if someone outplays you, they will flat out beat you. Right, right. Yeah. And that's something that I, I do admire about the system that's in place. So far, I haven't found any combination that's overwhelming. And I have also played with level 20s as a level... Well, maybe not as a level 2, but I have played with higher level characters against higher level characters and wrecked. 
Sure. At the same time, I've also gotten wrecked. So it, it really depends on just, you know, how well you handle a situation. I, yeah, I, I, I love, uh, you know, the, the other stuff that I didn't notice um, in the beginning were kind of like the, the care with the characters, like the way the, the, the shopkeeps look and everything. I mean, I love the tempura shrimp guy. Yeah. Like, that's oh. such an awesome yeah. character. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, shrimp kicks is the spot. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about, uh, and Jose, you and I were talking about this off off mic the other day, but I think it's it's very puzzling that they're putting out these updates that were already on the disc hmm. that you're not actually downloading hmm. because I feel like they, they trickled out a few days after the game was out already. And I think Our that... Mackerel was one of them. Yeah. The Zapper was one the of them. Sorry, was one just of to them. put context for folks. And it was... there. You didn't have to download anything. It was there. It, it was just a time to. to unlock. Um, and I know that some of the complaints being kind of thrown around for Splatoon when uh, it launched and when it was getting reviewed was that it was a little light on content. Yeah. I made that complaint. Sure, yeah. yeah. And it just it's puzzling to me to have held that stuff even just a few short days. And I think there's even more stuff trickling out in the next few days, right? Mm. Yeah, and that uh, may the be... The paintbrushes tonight, sorry, right? Just tonight. to give folks uh, context, the yeah. paintbrush weapon that they talked about during the Splatoon Direct launches tonight at 7 p.m. <clears throat> And is that like uh, a roller, or is it's it like, like a roller, but it doesn't uh, paint in a in a wide like a, a wide arc behind you. Um, instead, it's sort of a thin line, Got but it. it's fa- it seems faster too, which is kind of nuts. And if you swing it rather than flicking paint straight ahead, you just it's like a little baseball see, bat. Like, yeah, he swings it yeah. back and forth, and just That's a whole cool. bunch of paint yeah. flies out of it. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. I do think that they were pressed for time. I don't think they were ready, and not that's not to say that the levels weren't done or the, these weapons weren't done. They weren't done two months ago or you know mm-hmm. a month ago when they locked down the content that would be on the disc and I think that's where they also ran in, into strategy problems like when you when you send code to reviewers you should have included that right like you should have included the extra maps and I think the infrastructure just didn't allow for that right where they always plan to have this timed unlocked which you know for the record I love that stuff I think it's so great to get this imp- this impetus to go back and play a game or check out a game on a certain date I really like that because sometimes you have a new game and you're like oh I got these other 15 games to play and just that oh there's a new map that is going to be playable this right. Saturday just that like creates this kind of sense of an event happening yep. and you know totally okay but what are some other changes so I, I do think though the infrastructure was there for them to let us see some of that stuff you think Port so? Mackerel was done and it was done and nothing needed to be downloaded to play Port Mackerel. Why the heck did I have to wait I think because, until after yeah. the game came out? Because I don't think the... Review servers were on their But own I don't think the thing. review, the code they created for review took that into consideration yet. Sure. And I think it, that's it where... It seemed to be the full game. It yeah, but that's where, you know, as a developer, you take the risk. If I make that happen right now, instead of it having, uh, instead of going through two more weeks of QA, um, you know, the testing, making sure, sure nothing sure. breaks, I can introduce bugs into the okay. code and issues, okay. and then reviewers will say, well, this game's too buggy, right? Okay. That's okay. always the, you know, with software development, you have to make that call. No, and I, absolutely. And I do think Nintendo is savvy enough to know that that game needed a little bit more content, and they would have put it in if it if they had been able okay. to. Okay. Yeah. So what are, what are some changes we want to see made to Splatoon. Let's say you can have anything you want right now. Let's take content out of the equation. Sure. What uh, are certain things that you'd like to see them sort well, of so revisit I, or go back I'm, to? I'm actually I'm, a, I'm obviously a big single player guy and I was um, I was surprised I guess I had low expectations but I was surprised at actually both how much more kind of robust the single player was than I thought it would be mm-hmm. while also being kind of disappointed at how shallow it is for a Nintendo you know 
single mm-hmm. player game. It clearly um, didn't start with this single right, player mode, right. right? It started as a team based multiplayer. But game. there's a lot of really cool ideas in it, mm-hmm. um, like the sponges and like the the enemy design is really fascinating. Like there's just a lot of really smart, very Nintendo things in mm-hmm. it. Um, but it also feels like kind of a straight line through a bunch of levels and then it kind of ends so well, and mechanically you have sponges you have these ink tubes but none of them carry over to multiplayer yeah they just right? seem to be inventions for single player who knows maybe in the future right oh yeah the, the mm. ink tubes aren't in multiplayer yeah. they're not all right neither are the yeah. sponges neither are sort of the heavy like artillery weapons you sometimes jump into and that's fine i don't think that, right. that necessarily everything needs to have a one-to-one crossover mm-hmm. not saying that that can happen by the way when multiplayer and single player modes are developed by different teams yeah. too right like Which you've seen this with with yeah. other games um major games and so sometimes you get something in single player that doesn't appear multiplayer but they can always add that yeah i remember yeah. I, I, I was sort of playing through single player going like i feel that parts of this are training me for multiplayer and mm-hmm. I do understand that to some capacity but at the same time it felt a lot like I'm learning mechanics in this game that will never carry over so if know? it had been that way though then it should have given you different weapons right yeah. like I, I thought it was going to be more of a tutorial too where then it would basically make you use each one of the weapons which isn't the case right yeah. it's very in order to do that yeah. you have to buy Amiibo which yeah. was what set me off I yeah. was just like well that would have been a really cool feature why, mm. why put that behind but, a $13 toy but to me the biggest change is the now that we've seen it let's get the presentation out of the way clearly i boot this game up especially once i'm done with single player i boot this game up every day to jump into multiplayer yep don't make it so hard to get in yep. right like Squid don't sisters. make me sit through the cutscene just at the start screen i just want to hit that button yeah. go into the lobby directly and start matching or make that optional like if i want to watch it i can watch it yeah. if i don't want to watch it just let me press a button to skip it because yeah, there's they, no they're... reason it's it's not like it's loading i also got the yeah. same yeah. message from them two times in a row yeah. which was just like hey let's take a look at all the maps that we have and mm-hmm. i'm like you don't need to tell me that again yeah you know? like Stay let me fresh. just jump right in well yeah. as as more multiplayer uh rank modes get added well then again it seems like the way that sh- that program the squid sisters thing will unfold will be okay here's our turf wars map and then here's our ranked multiplayer mm-hmm. map. yep but i think ranked is all grouped so even though there'll be more modes in ranked mm-hmm. i i suspect they will all just use those two maps for yep. four hours a day yeah, that should be just once you're in the in the multiplayer screen, it should just show the maps that are there for each mode, and like you don't you no yeah. longer have to see an introduction. But where I was going to go with this is that the day you downloaded the Zapper and you got Port Mackerel, that program felt even longer. Yeah, like they had so much more to tell you, and I'm just like, just let me go. Yeah. I just want to get in the game. This is this is cute. I appreciate this yeah. for what it is. Callie and Mari are very clever. Mm-hmm. Good job, but don't force me to watch this stuff. Like, right. Callie and Plaggy. <laughs> Callie and Plaggy. We should tell her. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I, I want spectator mode. I would love if that became a thing. That's I think that this cool, game deserves yeah. it. I think it's it, this is a very tense, fun game to watch, and yep. it unfolds so quickly. And it would be kind of cool to just tune in to watch a channel where you can just watch the two matches play and play and maybe even copy that idea from Smash Bros. Bet some of your coins on that. Yeah. You know, I'll, pick a side. I think the red team's got it. I think that'd be cool. How, cool. How, but... but in Mario Kart, like some of the additional features, like the sharing and the spectating, all that kind of stuff, like I just didn't do anything with in the end. You know, like, sure. like I, I I hear what you're saying. Like it, I you know most of the time where I would find a feature like that is uh, would be useful right now in order to play with you. 
you online and say join Jose, then it says no, his match is uh, is full, and here's a counter till when maybe you can ever join him, sure. right? Like during that time, I'd love to see you play. Yeah, like yeah. that is just a natural point for me too. But me. the uh, like yeah. the, the sharing, <laughs> exactly. the sharing stuff in Mario Kart is where we got <clears throat> Luigi Death Stare. You know, yeah. without, without people's ability to upload those clips. Yeah, I'm not saying um, it's not for anyone yeah. else. It's just like I found to uh, I found like I didn't really use it that much. I didn't either, you know? honestly. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, there's a difference between me saying like I'm going to use this a lot and me being like I'm glad this is here for yeah, other yeah. people you know like it's it's a lot the same way when I like when I play a game that has a lot of like custom uh, create a character modes or yeah, create yeah. level modes I'm like I won't use this because I'm tired I just wanted somebody else to make a game just for give me, me the default give me the character yeah. on the cover yeah, yeah. like no. Mario Maker I don't know mm-hmm. how many lo- of those levels I'll actually make myself but I will download thousands of them yeah, yeah. so yeah, no, that'll be cool. No, I look at it from the perspective of Smash Brothers, where yep. I think for anyone who's curious on how they should be playing a certain weapon, a spectator mode would help them learn how other people were playing with that weapon. Yeah. And that's not to say, though, you have to be good at headshots to be good at Splatoon. We've said that before. But I do think that that helps people sort of adapt and understand how they should be playing versus yep. like just... Someone shot you. Here's who got yeah, you. Yeah. Okay, jump back in. That's you cool. Know? All in all, I think it's it's really awesome to see such a kind of creative new IP from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to see in classic Nintendo fashion, I want to see more from this world. I want to see a, uh, a, like a 2D platformer on 3DS. I want to see a puzzle game. Like I, I think there's a lot you can do with Splatoon and the characters. And yeah, stuff like that. and I think they need to commit to kind of names of characters, make yeah. them yeah. make them something real because I do love the quirkiness of the character design. Like some people don't like that that look in that world. Like my kids, like whenever the color schemes, like at the beginning of a match, they're like, "What is it gonna be? Is it gonna be watermelon?" You know, like when right. you get the bright pink yeah, and yeah. green. Like they have names for all the color combinations. Nice. You know. They Oh, bubble gum awesome. and like yeah. it's just like there there's it definitely appeals to to kids the look but i actually really dig it too yeah it's got an amazing look but it has absolute zero character in terms of development like you got captain cuttlefish who is sort of the war veteran who the yeah. war is still going on in his mind with the octarians <laughs> you got kelly and mari who are personalities but in the very japanese way the tv personalities sort of carry themselves and then you have Judd the Cat, who is a fun judge to watch. He's amazing. But, I love yeah, that guy. It would be cool to see them sort of flesh it out. But I would, I would almost say like this does kind of mirror the way they even approach Mario. Like you didn't really get a ton of information about Rosalina or a backstory unless right. you were willing to look for some of that yeah. stuff. Um, but it would be cool to see them sort of develop this world a little yeah, more. Absolutely. I'm, I'm commit in. to names, commit to mm-hmm. other things. And I think, I, to, again, like I brought this up before, to me it's like Smash Brothers. The first game you're like, man, this is a great concept. I love it. doesn't have a lot of characters. doesn't have a lot of stages. But this is going to be something I'm going to be playing for a long yep. time. And sure yep. enough, right? Like here yep. we are, like four games, five games later. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that happens with Splatoon where some of the things that we're asking for now will be built in from the netco, mm-hmm. uh, the, the get-go. Um, net go. The netco. In Splatoon 2. Man, my sweet breads aren't working today. (laughs) So because a pair needs a break, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo's next platform and some potentially earth-shattering stuff that they're saying isn't happening. More, uh, you stay with us. We'll be right back. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider and Brian Altano. Hey. And this week, 
some potentially like this is like if if this is true and you're saying you already don't buy it but let me set context for people this week the <laughs> japanese nikkei a respected business publication <clears throat> reported that from sources uh cited from people with knowledge of what's going on at the kyoto-based company uh headquarters for nintendo mm-hmm. That Nintendo was considering or is considering an open platform like Android mm-hmm. for uh, to be part of what the NX will be. Yeah. Uh, so what does that mean? So we, uh, by the way, we we brought this up in a previous podcast. We talked about what could the NX be? Could it be a kind of low powered powered console like a little cube like mm-hmm. the Ouya? Right. Yeah. The Ouya is based on the right. Android system. Yeah. So this sounds like it would be that direction. Yeah. Or you can say Fire TV. Or yeah. there, there are other like Android mm-hmm. people were uh, very quick to evoke the Ouya in the yeah. last week when this new yeah. story broke. By the way. But, but let's uh, let's talk about this. So the the idea would be to give developers more flexibility making content that could also be on smartphones and tablets. So what does this mean? Well, for you, for the listener, this basically could mean, if this was true, by the way, Nintendo immediately said, nope, there is no truth no truth to this story. Uh, let me just read their statement. There is no truth to the report saying that we are planning to adopt Android for NX. That's all they said. Mm-hmm. But this adopting Android would mean that the walled garden approach to a console would not be there anymore. Yeah. The sort of proprietary, you have to license a dev kit, you have to license certain tools to make your Ooh. game. That would potentially not be mm, there. But you still have the you still have the well you gotta get our permission and pay us to be on the that platform, you right? So you're get. not removing the wall garden per se. You're removing the, the hey, we're gonna sell you the five hundred dollar dev yeah, kit or something. You're, you're but t- you're making it but, easier but, for people to have the software. Let yeah, me frame that right. And and that is to be to be fair, that Nintendo has a huge issue in that not as many people as they want are contributing to their ecosystems, right? And so making it easier to develop for their platform um, is a good thing. The question though is with Android, <clears throat> is that the right segment of the market? And like when I heard about you know we joked about the android os before for nx but like when i heard that room i'm like that seems wrong like mm-hmm. if the if the idea is to get more companies on the machine that makes sense but nintendo working with that platform disregards that they will have their biggest success on ios in the mobile uh, in the mobile arena right, right? like right. their brands will work better on ios devices like the ipad like the iphone well, than on your android but devices. that is because the ios market is the more profitable market when it comes to selling it's, app software and selling game software for those devices that's right it's for monetization and it's especially those branded titles but i don't i at the same time like okay so here's five things we should be thinking about and these all came uh from a good friend of the show who will not be named first uh for five things to think about so you guys can respond or not respond a unified base when it comes to smartphone and dedicated game devices uh basically makes things a lot easier it'll make it easier to share assets reuse code port games and if they're all on the same Android base, and they'd all be on the same Android base, so someone who made a game for Android or eventually ported an iOS game for Android mm-hmm. can take that game to Nintendo, get permission from them. They'd have to pay a fee, of course, but at the same time, that's more software for that box. Like that crossover potential is huge. Yep. Secondly, if NX has any sort of online sharing social features, especially portable, then Android gets a lot of that out of the box. Third, from the beginning of... They aren't awesome, but yes, keep going. Okay. From the beginning of time, Nintendo has yet to make a hardware base that developers have ever set on record was easy to use, if you think about it. And Wii U might be the worst design they've had yet. 
in terms of uh, friendly to developers. Can I jump in on that one, or do you want to finish all the I'll points? I'll finish that one first. Uh, you can jump in on this one, absolutely. Perhaps they finally throw in the towel and leave it to Android to fix that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. It's easy to use if you're making a very specific kind of game. Like yes. the feedback from developers is not that the Wii U is this mythical box that nobody can figure out. It's that they're making Xbox One, PC, and PlayStation 4 games mm-hmm. at a certain consum- like like at a certain kind of graphical prowess level. Yeah. And so then when they want to downspec that to the Wii U, that's when it becomes a lot of work and Developers always want their stuff to look the best and perform the best, and that's where some well, are saying, well, of, you know, maybe that's not worth the effort for me. One, they have to think of, okay, how are we using two screens? Yep. We have to practically remake no. most of that game. Now, I've never heard from an indie developer, and if there are any listening, you know, right in, uh, and we see at IGN, um, I've never heard the argument that, oh, it's too hard to bring my indie game to the Wii U because of programming hurdles like that doesn't seem to be the big no, hurdle I don't think that was the the emphasis of right. that point but more uh in line with what you're saying that you mm-hmm. have to design a specific game yeah. around what that box is and right now that is up to how developers feel about it so one thing that is completely clear in my mind is that the nx will be part of a network that includes the android space as well like there's definitely going to be a connection where you know the dna games are they have to somehow connect back to the NX, whether it's with profile and achievements or something like that, mm-hmm. or actually being a virtual console. And at that point, you can imagine an Android-based virtual console for mobile games built into into this device. I could see sure. that. So I just it is it sounds very dangerous to say we'll go with the Android OS as the core when you know Nintendo loves to control that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But but here's where uh, we can go a bit further. So uh, I was going to have him on the show. Today, but uh, Francisco, who was over in our mobile department, mm-hmm. big Android developer, loves yep. to follow a lot of what Google does. Fortunately, we couldn't get him on today, but I did ask him a bunch of questions about this and mm-hmm. asking, okay, so if Nintendo were to go Android, do they have to pay Google anything? First answer was no. Mm-hmm. Android is an open source platform, and right. the companies that make smartphones with Android, like Samsung mm-hmm. or even Amazon, Amazon Fire TV, Amazon's uh, sort of game console is built on Android, but they don't have to pay Android a thing. They customize mm-hmm. it and make it however they they sh- they mold it into whatever they want it to be. The only thing they would have to pay Google for is if they wanted the Google Play Store on it. Right. There is a fee tied to doing that. Uh, it's called it's part of Google Mobile Services apparently. Mm-hmm. And if Nintendo opts out of that, which Android uh, excuse me, Amazon did. Mm-hmm. Amazon has a game-like console. What what they call that thing again? Is that the Fire, the Fire TV? TV. Yeah. yeah, Fire TV is a game-like console. They don't have the Google Play Store as part of it, so they don't pay yeah. Google a dime. They and just like, you know, have an Android base. Handset manufacturers like Samsung have their own version of the store. Yes. You know, like there's definitely customization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I, I hear that. I, I think those are advantages, but like. You know, there there is the question whether this is a gaming OS, and you know whether that is really what a um, a company like Nintendo wants. It's, it's possible, right? Like they are, they may have a completely different strategy for NX and for the future of gaming. Like you know, we talk about quality quality of life, and like you know, maybe toys and all how that ties together. So they may be saying, hey. Instead of you know spending all this effort on developing our own OS and then having to deal with you know all the education to developers, all the documentation, all the tools, 
let's outsource that part to something and use something that already exists. That makes all the sense in the yeah. world. Will that be a competitive advantage, though, I if they're still be. playing in the console arena against Sony and Microsoft? I think it could be. I think just the idea that uh, a game that is big on mobile mm-hmm. and you give developers an avenue for them to have an easy way to put it on your box okay. could be a big thing. But so, the problem with so the why does that market, not work for Ouya, though? Why, but the problem with the mobile market right now, to some Ooh, degree, yeah. is that everyone is throwing crap at the wall to see what sticks yep. and no one is gating or turning some of those games away. Yeah. Nintendo could do something incredible by being a store that says, you know what, we have certain like restrictions, we have certain rules, and they're going to approach it that way, let's be fair. Yep. But for me, it's more... Let's not just take everything that comes in, but establish a quality bar. The, and if this is not good enough, turn that game away. Well, you, ha- you have to do that. that. You know, even the Ouya does that, right? Like, there are certain games that are developed for a touchscreen. You can't just put on a console and have it work with a normal controller. So yeah. it's not as turnkey as here's this entire world of, of Android games and you can I, now I have an Amazon Fire TV and Me the, too, yeah. the proprietary controller they sell that you can you can buy separate for it and you run into that issue a lot of like this game was built for a touch screen yeah. and you're controlling it with a controller and there's mm-hmm. a prompt on the screen that even visually just says like swipe to and you're yeah. like no nah, but I'm even talking more of a quality level in terms of the you're saying the itself. Nintendo seal of quality itself. like, yeah. like yeah. this game is a quality game not so yeah. much just that it was built around a touch screen and now it has a wonky controller interface but more that this is a good game or this is not a good game mm-hmm. like, let's be fair um, I feel like uh, I've heard criticism too that early on Steam was really good at you had to have quality software on mm-hmm. the Steam store and lately mm-hmm. you can almost get anything on the Steam yep. store. Yeah. Apple's in the same boat. Uh, as long as you follow their guidelines you can put anything up on the Apple store yeah. uh, on the uh, App Store technically. Um, last thing though in terms of the last big question in my mind though was that Google will iterate on Android. They're going to, right? Mm-hmm. There's Android M is right around the corner. It's something that they announced. If you're into that stuff, you should be reading about it or looking into it. But hardware makers get to choose or cherry pick what new features they want from each version of that OS as it changes. Yeah. Yeah. So Nintendo could pick a dedicated Android base and stick to it for as long as they want and introduce or adopt changes over time when they feel like it. But is so, I mean, isn't this whole thing moot though if Nintendo comes out and says it's not true? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yes it, and no. It's a pretty, the, this was an official denial, right? But they, that can still mean they have an Android virtual console. I got an answer for that. They yeah. officially denied that there wasn't a larger 3DS coming out. And that happened. Well, no. That's the quick answer everyone jumps to. I, yeah. I don't think that them coming out and outright denying it means that it's not a thing. Yeah. I will say I, that. I think like, that, like, I think you have to play the skeptic here. They're usually bit. pretty guarded in terms of, like, we don't comment on rumor and speculation. And for this one, they outright did. So yeah. there's something there. Um, but I think, I mean, you you could both be right. I mean, they, they have lied before, too. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't think necessarily shooting something down that quickly means it's out of the question. However, uh, you know, we run into this a lot on the show, right? Where, I, like, you don't know what they're going to do. I like the idea of it's being It's different, to... though. Hold on a second. It's different when you ask one developer or one spokesperson, you say, hey, are you making this thing? Versus the company responds officially and says, this is Was that bowl, the case or, with, you know, the, with, the, with the 3DS XL? I don't think it was. I think Nikkei reported it was the same cycle. Nikkei said, hey, a bigger 3DS is coming. And yeah. all said, nope, not a thing. But only after you ask them. Like, they were quiet on it. That's usually what they do is they don't respond, whether yeah. it's true or not. They don't yeah. respond. I don't know. It's, I think it, a partnership like that or embracing somebody else's platform has implications on, like, their business as a whole and shareholders. And they said, hey, there's too much risk in people thinking that this is true, therefore issue a denial. 
again, that doesn't mean that it's not an Android-based virtual console or, you know, <laughs> sure. yeah, we'll that see. maybe Android is their lead platform for their games in the future, although that, that seems hard to believe. I think it could be interesting. If they were to both. commit to something like this, this could change. I like the idea of playing official Super Mario games and then hundreds of terrible knockoff Super Mario games <laughs> on the same platform. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. No. But, that's like, not gonna but, happen. But, uh, but I think, so you it's know... Ha- it's happening on Android now, minus yeah. the official ones. The, the reaction from, f- from fans to something like this, of course, would be... V- rather negative you know because when you think of an android based system you think of lesser powered machines right yeah it doesn't have to be that case right well it does though like if you want the benefit of having an android platform um you're also having the the problem of a fragmented platform where yeah. there's so many different devices, right? That was what got mobile gaming into into trouble in the in the old days, right? Like mm-hmm. it's you call it Android, but there's so many different devices with so many different power levels that you can get a horrible experience on one of them and a better one on the yeah, other. That wouldn't be and the so, case with a console like this. Yeah, yeah, but all the games designed for the lowest common denominator will look like crap and then you don't have an awesome story to tell fans either, well you right? got that with Apple as well for a yeah. while where they were like this yeah. game uh, is available on the iPhone 6 the iPhone 5S and mm-hmm. everybody else can go to hell yeah. you know? and a bunch of people had phones that's what happens when but, you split but your but audience. we do talk on the show constantly that they are a better software and games company than they are a tech thinking company so mm-hmm. uh, th- doing something like this I think is, is potentially yeah. them admitting a weakness sure but it's also making up for that weakness I'd say chip sets right like they are a great tech company when it comes to figuring stuff out like you know the the controller rumble and the motion controls all that stuff it's they they've never have the top of the line product there's always someone someone out there who has better 3d or Mm -hmm. better motion but they make it affordable and actually feasible right they create something that you can actually sell yeah yeah um that's why there's no vr headset from them because they look at it they said no in order to do this right where i don't get a headache you gotta have a device that's a grant nobody's gonna buy yeah i mean this is this is the company that that invented the the video game controller as we know it yeah much you know and then reiterated on that multiple times Mm -hmm. right or iterated on that Mm -hmm. multiple times uh so i i don't think it's totally fair to say that like they should be predominantly software but i think that right now we're looking at the 3ds which uh i mean i would say that the 3d technology in that is is pretty innovative for what they're doing and we're looking at the wii u and it's got some good ideas with Mm -hmm. with the gamepad but where we are currently in the last five years i would say that they're they've kind of stepped down or stepped back a little bit in terms of innovation in the hardware sense yeah um but their games are still really awesome so who knows yeah i would argue that in the hardware sense outside of the controller and figuring that stuff out um they have never been uh, in agreement with you they have never been focused on being the best piece of tech on the market no no no, they've never no no no, that's true and so under the under that thinking for some people that's the turnoff too they want them to be and that's not how nintendo works though n64 was a a was different i think i think they were just held back by their choice of storage medium but Mm -hmm. like the actual i mean the the games looked so much better on the n64 for a while the playstation had more depth right like you once once people once once people figured out how to not have the walls jitter in every game like ps psx games looked better than n64 games in the end but like at the beginning having these smooth walls and polygons and bright colors worked pretty nicely yeah all right so uh I'm, we're pretty much done with that, and we've we've talked NX to death on the show. So all we know about NX gonna, is nothing. Is I did nothing. I did want to add one more thing real quick. Oh, go ahead, I, man. I noticed that uh, this there people are starting to make um, concept sketches and fan art yeah. of, of the mock-ups. Oh, yeah. and 
it, it got me like weirdly nostalgic because I always loved this time of like uh, in in the Nintendo sort of uh, console life cycle where you know people start getting ideas of what a system should be and they start mocking it up. Like I remember this for the GameCube, for the N64, the Wii, like once they called it the revolution, like all the helmet designs that people drew. So <laughs> I love that stuff. Keep making that stuff. It's so goofy. It's so yeah. endearing. Sometimes it's genius. Sometimes it's 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 awful, but I love that it exists. Like yeah. that's, it's such a cool time to I, be an Nintendo. I fan. love the revolution mock-ups that were all based on like communist propaganda yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> they all had like hammers and sickles and fists going yeah. up. And, and then Nintendo themselves, <laughs> wow. I remember they really, uh-huh. Those those mock-ups of those controllers they never put out, which mm-hmm. one of them was a star with like a big wind button in it. Do you remember oh, those? Yeah, yes. Um, so I really button, do love this. Right. Yeah. Like this is like there's we we as gamers we have this awesome obsession with hardware and tech and controllers and stuff like that, and just like the, the photoshops that come from all this, and the, and then you have like really talented guys in CAD doing 3D renders, mm-hmm. and then a guy with MS Paint doing the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I love all of it. So keep it coming, keep making it, and uh, send it over to us because yeah. it's fantastic. And that upset with video games is about to hit its peak because in two weeks oh my goodness what's happening the Electronic Gaming Expo I've heard of this thing yeah it's a huge deal Um, and next week's show we're going to possibly take our last sort of a Last shots at what's going to happen at E3. Yeah. What do we? What do we? What do we think will be there? What we don't think will be there? I know we had our prediction show where we each dropped five predictions each. Yeah. But I'd rather look at this holistically. From okay, Mario Maker, what gets said? Star Fox, sure. what gets said? Uh, and Shin Megami Tensei. Cross you, me- you mentioned the other day that it's, it's been five years since Metroid. Since Metroid. Wow, really? Five years. August thirty first will be five years since Other M. Just kind of a, a weird Whoa. note to leave on, but you know, yeah. yeah. So that's. Really long. Like, I don't understand what always happens with this franchise that they just kind of forget about it, you know? Like, ah, man. It's like the same with Castlevania, though, you know, like where. Like, I felt like we had a Castlevania model that worked for a while, and then they kind of forgot about that, you know, mm-hmm. because everybody wants to build something different. It's like, we got to be more like God of War. And like, yep. it'll all come back in the end, you know? Yeah. Some of those. They did with, with Castlevania, at least. Yeah. Egovania now. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and some of those designers leave and then do it on their own, you know? Yep. Let's yep. hope that doesn't happen with, with Metroid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it is, the time is ready for another Metroid game. I just want one so badly. I listened to you guys' um, discussion in the car about, uh, on GameScoop this morning. Oh. So that was cool. You guys did a Nintendo um, prediction show while we, we were out. That was, um, that was uh, very insightful. Okay. But um, now we're also in the kind of pre-E3 time where some publishers are already bringing out games. Yeah. You know, we've already... Stuff we can't talk about. I heard a bunch of stuff for E3, yeah. you know, from all the different companies. But you know, now you have Fallout Four is out in the open, you know, and there will be a couple more things I think coming up before E3. Sure, we got the Uncharted collection the other day. I think that like the, <laughs> not on purpose, right? Not on purpose. Yeah. I think we, that kind of forced their hands, but they they announced that that was a few hours early anyway. But this E3, I've, we've seen a lot more going in than I think almost ever, and I think it's because everyone is fighting for more space than ever. There's more press conferences yeah. than ever. I have no idea how we're going to cover the Nintendo press conference when it's happening the same exact time. No, no, Square, square Move, Square Move. They moved. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, you were they, they did. While you were sleeping. Wow. <sighs> yeah, yeah that's square moves. it's all good. There's I thought some we were going to have two big TVs in the war room with no. everyone yelling at the same There's time. some overlap with the yeah. post-show, like when that one ends. And but... Nintendo, I mean, they had a direct just a few days ago. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Micro? 
micro. Yeah, a yeah, micro that's direct. Right. A micro yeah. direct. And so, then some announcements with like uh, you know Smash Brothers, uh, yeah. Lucas, and all. Lucas will be available yeah. June fourteenth. Uh, mm-hmm. You to buy. This is not a pre-ordered like Mewtwo code DLC situation. Right. Yeah. Right. You can go online and buy Mewtwo. Oh, excuse me, Lucas, <laughs> and that, and you can buy Mewtwo. And uh, that signals to me. Smash Bros. Like, are is they going to talk about who's the next Smash Brothers character at E3? I think so. Is this the last that. one from the original roster, or is there something else left? Uh, you still have who ignoring the, Ice Climbers who are not from the coming, original right? roster, like, like, the, Roy, like the ones Roy, we Roy knew were missing. coming. Still, Roy is still, still missing. missing. There's uh, Wolf. Gray Fox, Wolf. That's yeah. right. Oh, I call yeah. him Gray yeah. Fox. Yeah. Gray Fox. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gray Fox. Gray my, Fox. <laughs> my guess would be Wolf would be one of the next ones to sort of just round off all the. I mean, non the non licensed ones, right? Like stuff like like. Snake, obviously, uh-huh. is... Snake! I, snake! Yeah. Who knows where that's going to be. But yeah. I think Wolf's one of the last ones, non-Ice Climbers, Kun- non-licensed. Konami will announce Snake for Smash Brothers at E3. This character created by That'd Beep, be cool. yeah. who also <laughs> created with his production company named Beep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No, right. that's that's not a good God. thing with a Kojima uh, game. So, uh-uh. la- so last episode, we asked for you to send in uh, E3 question block questions. I see a bunch in here, but I don't see enough in here. So we're moving that what? topic to next episode. Man. It's going to be a big E3 extravaganza once again. Uh, like no that, predictions. You like that girl from Peanuts with the with the football always, man. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Lucy? Yeah. I'm like Lucy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah some works for us named Lucy. Here's your right? question block. <laughs> Yep. Good no, grief. Not this week. All right. But uh, but send those in uh, and put in the subject line, Nintendo E3 question block. E3 question block, actually. Let's yeah. let's go with that one. Uniform. E3 question block. Send us what you think will happen on the show or something that you want us to talk about on the podcast. And that's it. We didn't have a ton of topics this week, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes and a lot of crazy work happening. In the office, we're. Um, I mean, this coming week is when we're actually starting to pack up our studio equipment. We gotta, you know, we can't just buy all new equipment for E3. We gotta pack up our our stuff here, oh, man, get it all shipped down. Yeah, Shoot, and so I we gotta be. Uh, we gotta pre-prep a bunch of stuff because we're already like some people are there already like Friday and Saturday, yep. and we're building our booth on the show floor. So you guys get a live um, live show nonstop after the press conferences. The press conference are in like fifteen different places, so we gotta have satellite trucks and all that kind of stuff so it's going to be it's going to be crazy yep yeah but so, you can watch us that's the good news yeah we'll all be there we'll be doing pre and post shows for everything we'll be uh covering everything on the floor we'll be doing conversations and news videos yeah and podcasts everything everything you know us for will be will be there so yeah. this will be a big one and when we get back from e3 on june 27th this year 2015 here in san francisco we're having something called the ign house party 2015 we're getting a bunch of our shows together such as uh podcast unlocked is turning its 200th episode podcast beyond is getting its 400th congrats episode. beyond um, congrats. we didn't fall on an anniversary but we i'll be there a bunch of you guys will be there so we will be there street there. passing so yeah, we'll like there street passing there will be there'll be a nintendo presence there i mean it's ign so of course there's always a little Nintendo in us. Um, and it's here in San Francisco. You can head on over to the Eventbrite for that. We've tweeted out. Just Google IGN House Party 2015. You'll find it. Uh, we have tickets available. There's only like 100 tickets left. So if you want to get in on that, yeah. now is your time. Mm-hmm. And we will, uh, you know, if you do come to the show, like I sometimes hear from fans, they said, I saw you, but I didn't say hi. Don't do that. 
Like right. come up, say hi, introduce yourself. Let us know if you're listening to one of the shows. What you know, if you have an IGN uh, username, who you are. It's always really nice. I mean, like in New York again, I met two people who are like, I love NBC. So it's just it's great yep. to hear from whoa, you guys. Whoa, whoa, you yeah. left out part of the story. Huh? They made a that GM money. That, one of them too. made it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, Thank he's you blushing. Very much. Uh, that was funny. Audio only I didn't. I know. I wasn't ready for that one too. Yeah. yeah. Like we talked about something. Goes that GM money. I'm like Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Jose strikes uh-huh. alright thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat we are a weekly show on IGN but we are not the only piece of content on IGN in fact you should head on over to IGN.com because it keeps the lights on and it keeps the mics on mm-hmm. you want podcasts yeah. that's how this works Yep. so uh, make mics. sure you come check us out next week this is not Nintendo related but there is a huge Metal Gear Solid 5 cover story coming to the site on Tuesday do not miss it it is going to be worth your time trust me I worked on this myself not for Nintendo yeah. for a while yeah not Nintendo but Metal Gear is so big I love Metal Gear and mm-hmm. you should definitely check that out uh, if you have feedback for the podcast make sure you email us at IGN at NVC excuse me NVC at IGN.com uh, you can also head on over to iTunes and leave us a review let us know what you think of the show yeah, don't forget do. you want to send us an E3 question block question because next week it is the last show you get before E3 and it is going to be an E3 extravaganza you heard it here. We're going to be excited, so make sure you check that out. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at... Agent Bizzle. You can find Per Schneider at... Per IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for listening to the show. In fact, we owe you a big thank you. May, uh, not May, April was the... No, May. May. May was the biggest download month in NBC history. Awesome. What happened? Could not I wasn't here. It. Oh, Ryan wasn't on. <laughs> That's not true. Um, thank you so much for That's that. That's great to hear. Yeah, this... Just could not believe it when I looked at the numbers uh, this past week. So yeah, that's we, amazing. Thank we you are, so we much. We are very happy for your support, and uh, we will continue to try and make great shows for you. We promise. That's Thank right. you very much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.